Hey guys, welcome back to The Weekly. I'm Danny Giacopelli, Courier's Editorial Director. This week on the show, I'm joined by Courier reporter Charlene Gandhi to catch up with one founder who just relaunched her company in a big way. Brittany Chavez is the CEO of Shop Latin X, a marketplace of lifestyle products made by independent Latinx brands. Brittany launched the company a few years ago, back in the heady days of 2016. She was looking to support the Latinx community in some way and decided the best way to do so was to boost the community's small business owners. Her project began as an Instagram account and then a directory, and then it grew until it became a properly curated e-commerce market. Lo and behold, Brittany's pushed the company through Techstars recently, and she's completely relaunched the site just this week. Which is a great time for Charlene and I to sit down with Brittany from her perch in LA to find out what she's been up to and what she's learned. It's been an amazing week. It's been a little bit overwhelming. There's been a lot of positive feedback, but obviously, too, there's a lot of iterating that we need to do with the platform itself, you know, so we're just working through that. But the response that we've been getting from the relaunch has been extremely positive from not only the customers, but the brands that we have in the marketplace. They're really excited. I feel really good. I feel confident. And, you know, we just got out of the Techstars program and we're headed into our pre-seed. So this is pretty validating. We're excited to show, you know, the traction and the sales results over the last week to investors. So I feel really good. Amazing. We're going to dig into the the relaunch bit in just a second. But you know, I know you've been around for a few years, the company has. It all though started from I read that you, you know, you took a trip down to Nicaragua at some point a few years ago, and it kind of sparked something in you where you decided I just have to quit my job. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was working at a record label as a marketing assistant. And I felt like there's just this glass ceiling that you have to hit in order to get a promotion. And, you know, frankly, the corporate environment just wasn't my thing. I did take a trip to Nicaragua. That's where my dad's from. And I think that's what sparked like, wow, for the first time I was like surrounded by people that like looked like me. You know, I think there's nothing like going back to your home country. And there's this connection that you feel with like the earth and the people that you can't get anywhere else. You know, and I took that energy home with me. And that combined with it being the height of the presidential election. And then you turn on the TV and you see this rhetoric that's being placed against Latinx folks in the U.S. And I think it was just like the perfect storm, you know. I had this newfound appreciation and love for my culture that I had never had before. And then also there was this like dark cloud hovering over America that made me want to like penetrate it and and do something good for my community. And yeah, it was one night I was Uber driving and I came home from my shift and for some reason, like it felt like just the spirit just told me like go online and find like Latinx businesses to support any way that you could spell it, Latino, Latina, Hispanic and try to find like a directory or like an article or a listicle. And I found nothing, you know, but I came across this Nielsen article that said that like by 2030, Latinx will have $1.9 trillion in spending power. And my initial thought was like, that's awesome. What good is that if that money's not being redistributed back into our communities? Like what good is that when like Latinx makers and families aren't being highlighted and spotlighted and supported by our own or their own so that was really important to me. And, and that's how Shop Latinx really started. It was just, and then we turned into an Instagram account that now turned into our relaunch in a, an official, you know, business model. 
Yeah, it'd be amazing to talk a little bit more about getting started on Instagram and what that was like for you as a sort of content mechanism and marketing and, you know, how did Instagram work for you? You know, Instagram's amazing because you're able to build community for free, you know, and for me, I think I've always been extremely empathetic and I've always been a community builder. So Instagram allowed me to reach out to Latinx businesses that I found through different hashtags like Latina owned, Latino owned and so forth. And then I was able to mobilize leaders within the Latinx community that I had already known in person to help like hype and amplify this community page that I had built Shop Latinx. So Shop Latinx really started through, you know, cross promotion, right? When you tag a business and you highlight them and you spotlight them for free, like what are they going to do? They're going to repost you, you know, and then you get the brand trust from their community because they reposted you on their Instagram story. And then you get to slide in their DMs and you get to, you know, then have lunch with them in person. And then, you know, that's how these relationships are able to form now with social media. So that's kind of how it grew. And we got the attention of Latinx publications and, you know, Latinx influencers with a larger following. So, you know, and, and also too, like asking for nothing in return, you know, like my sole mission was to highlight businesses. So already then, you know, that brand trust was formed and people knew that like, okay, Shop Latinx is ran by someone with integrity that really wants to uplift her Latinx community, you know? And I think that's something that people outside of our community can resonate with and appreciate and admire. You know, Shop Latinx, the Instagram started off as like a very activist community page that wasn't curated. You know, it was kind of just slapping different photos. And I remember I'd be calling out like Forever 21. 2016, I was, I was angry. I was an activist, you know, and I was passionate. I, I would call it that. I was passionate. But also during that time, I was a freelancer with like no real job. So after a couple of years, that did take a toll on me. You know, I'm like, I'm running this Instagram account. I'm not making money of anything. I'm paying for overhead expenses. Personally, I'm going through it. You know, I'm now having this like mid to late 20s crisis and I'm financially insecure and I don't know what my next step is professionally. And it wasn't until two years into making Shop Latinx that I discovered this world of tech. And I think too, for a lot of like people of color, like you don't think of tech. When I thought of tech, I thought of like Steve Jobs and like turtlenecks and like, I don't know. I, I didn't think that that was a space for me, nor was I ever given the tools to really explore it. So I stumbled upon it, you know, and I met some incredible black and POC founders and that introduced me to this world. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is like, this is how I can monetize Shop Latinx. You know, during that time I had this community of 20,000 engaged followers, you know, and I went from having this Instagram account to like a full on directory. And then personally, I'm like, how do I monetize this? How do I make this scalable? Like, how do I never work in corporate again? And like, how can I set myself up for success? you know, through this community that I've created. And then long story short, you know, last year, November of 2019, I got into this accelerator program called Grade 110 in Los Angeles. After three months, we launched our MVP. The MVP was up for six months, then it shut down and we can we can talk about that. And now, you know, we got into Techstars. I have a co-founder, we have two employees and we relaunched on Friday. So it's been a journey. I feel this, like Shop Latinx is my baby. You know, like I've been there since inception 
And I think personally, my founder's story is like, it's one that's filled with a lot of grit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can only just like pat myself on the back and, and like, be like, damn, I really did that. <laughs> that's so powerful though, right? Like that you can literally be like, that was me. That was all me. You know, I think that's cool. And I think we need to like, look back and congratulate ourselves more. You know, it is cool to see myself like, wow, I really outdid myself or like a year ago, this is what I hoped for, but it's really cool that I like managed to like do it. I don't really feel that imposter syndrome anymore. It's just now I like, it's more confidence. So I know that when you did decide to relaunch that you reached out to a few customers to see what their ideal products would be, right? Yes. So prior to the relaunch of our marketplace, my co-founder, Miles, he comes from a product background. He worked um, as a senior product manager at ADP. And for me, you know, I had this R&D that I had done over the last four years, you know, by running the account, I really honed in on who our target consumer was. You know, we have the Gen Z, we have the millennial Latina. And then over time, I started to see like, okay, if I keep posting this brand, I'm going to get more followers and likes, you know, or if I keep posting this and I got to really understand like what the Latina consumer is really looking for, you know, and then Miles joined me and he's very big on data, you know, he's not Latina, he's not a Gen Z. So he came on board and he was like, okay, cool. Like, this is what you say, but we need data to back this up, you know? So we spent months in user research calls when it came to the types of products that they were looking for, the type of user experience that they were looking for. We even went through a rebrand over the last four months that we've been working on. So I think everything, you know, the reason why we've been so successful, we've been able to like, we have this online virality is because we we talk to our consumers and we make that a priority. I feel like that's actually quite unusual for a lot of shops that launch. Usually it's kind of just like somebody curates their favorite jumpers and skincare brand just because they look cool. And there's actually not a lot of data behind it. It's just like more aesthetic rather than intention and data. No, we're all about intention, you know, and I think we're all about being conservative with our time and money. When you're a scrappy business, it's like you have to do your research, you know, because one wrong move can cause you to lose money and time that you can't get back. And I think that's so important. You know, everyone should talk to their consumer just because I like something like I think it's a little arrogant or like unwise to assume that like everyone else likes it just because you do, you know, and like. I think that's really important is just to talk to your consumer and ask them up front what they want so that you can deliver. You've obviously made such a point of becoming a politically active business and you talked about your activist roots and sort of where that's all come from, but that's very much translated into what Shop Latinx is today. So why do you think that's super important to do in this day and age? You know, especially you have a banner literally right at the top of your website to check your voter registration, right? Yeah, you know, I think... Right now, Shop Latinx, aside from being politically active, I think we pride ourselves on being inclusive across the Latinx diaspora. Even yesterday, we had our first soft commitment from an investor who is Black and Mexican, you know, and she was just like, Shop Latinx is the first platform where Afro-Latinas are highlighted and celebrated and like they're represented with, you know, throughout your socials and like even when you interview Brittany, you make sure to include us. And I just think that's so important, you know, not just from a business standpoint, but from like a community and representation standpoint. You know what I mean? I think that Latinx in the U.S. have been portrayed as a monolith and that's what's caused 
not only myself, but hundreds and thousands of us to grow up with this sort of like identity complex that I want to claim responsibility for when it comes to changing that, you know, and changing the way we're represented and changing the narrative of what it means to be Latinx. So I think one, that's really important Two, I mean, look at the world today, you know, look at who's about to run for office. Every day there's something like I, I get choked up. So I think it is really important for us to like use our voice. And I do think at this time, like businesses should take a stance and it is our responsibility to at least vocalize what our values are and our, what, what our beliefs are. And I mean, the data also shows that like people want, want that in brands. Yeah, definitely. And I love that you you don't shy away from that. And it's so powerful and so embedded into your branding and, and what you stand for. Um, and I think what you guys have done that is amazing is just created this really strong sense of community. But more and more, we see that the term community is being diluted. It's being turned into a bit of like marketing fodder, right? From my standpoint, you never see community as powerful as like ethnic minorities and diaspora communities around the world just doing bits for themselves. But you've grown so hugely. So how do you keep that sense of community strong and powerful despite the numbers that you've amassed over the last few years? Yeah, I think for us, you know, like our social media manager, Natalie, does an incredible job at like talking to the consumer, talking to our followers and DMing them, um, sending them personalized cards, you know, getting to know them through like the DMs, you know, that's really important to us. I think for me, you know, again, going back to like me being able to leverage my empathy and just talking to, you know, and I'm also very fortunate to have some of my best friends are also Latina entrepreneurs that are killing it in their own right. You know, one of my best friends, Julie, she has a Latina hair care brand called Resource Curls and she just got picked up in Target. And, you know, I'm really fortunate to have a circle of strong women that I can lean on and ask advice from, you know, that can help me find ways to continue to nurture this community that we have. Also too, it's like, but we are also a business, right? So we need to push product and we need to sell, but how can we do it in a way that's organic and, you know, can still resonate with our Latina consumer, you know? And Okay, so we are launching an editorial arm, you know, that's really important to us storytelling within our community is so big you know it's a ritual that we we pass on generation over generation so you know when we launch that editorial arm you know it's important for us to like highlight amazing makers and influencers and activists from our community you know we have some instagram posts where we highlight like amazing like women of color photographers you should follow and you know that allows us to build a relationship with them so i think um we just find different ways to highlight people that we admire in ways that are cool and innovative. And you guys just obviously relaunched right smack in the middle of a pandemic, the the upswing of the pandemic, even in the US. I mean, it was a little bit better for a little bit. And now it's kind of getting worse and worse and worse. Has that affected operationally? If not, you know, obviously people's mental health, but how has that affected the, the company? I think if anything, it's affecting the brands, you know, so we pride ourselves on on partnering with small businesses that are aligned with our values and like the lifestyle that we want to portray, you know, 
I feel like Shopla and X now embodies this type of like aesthetic that our Latina consumer looks to us to you know, find products that match that. But a lot of them have problems like sourcing, you know, jars for their serums, you know, or for their candles. You know, even in the last week, we've noticed that this partnership is much deeper than them just joining the marketplace. You know, they look at us, they look at me, they look at Miles as like, you know, Latinx and tech and D2C slash e-commerce that like are experts, you know? So it's cool to see them like ask us for advice on operations and and marketing. So if anything, I think it's affected them, which therefore affects us because we need to push their product. So I think maybe in terms of inventory and operations, it has, but you know, we're thankful that we didn't launch with a brick and mortar and that everything's online. So we're able to just you know, sell there and there's little overhead that we carry with that. I think sometimes when we think about the glamour of certain small businesses and startups, right, we completely miss a lot of these grassroots, immigrant-run small businesses that really prop up, like, a vast majority of an economy, right? So, you know, something that you've done that is amazing is host, like, financial wellness workshops and, you know, general well-being workshops for these founders and creators. What's been the impact, really, of having that space for them to explore wellness with you as business owners? Yeah, so when the pandemic first hit, Shopify reached out to us, Shopify LA, to host a series of 10 workshops to help online business owners grow during this time. It went on for five weeks, two workshops a week. We created the materials, the slideshows, and over a thousand business owners from across the country attended, you know, and it's something that they still talk about to this day, you know, on their IG stories and they tag us and they say like, two months ago, I joined this Shopify workshop hosted by Shop Latinx and it helped me grow. And this month I earned X amount in sales and, you know, my email marketing is on point. And I think that's so important, you know, not only for the brands that are in our marketplace, but I see it as like, if you win, then we all win. You know, it's deeper than a marketplace for me, Shop Latinx. I see it as just like this entire ecosystem that we want to build out slowly but surely, you know, and um, making sure that the businesses in our community feel supported and that they can lean on us in times of uncertainty makes me feel really good and it makes me feel really affirmed. And and then in my own founder journey, right, I've been pretty transparent because the shit is hard sometimes, you know, especially as a founder of color, especially as a founder that comes from a low income background, you know, I'm like a little teary eyed, but it's so true. Like it can be, it's a very overwhelming journey and I can totally empathize with small businesses that are doing what they can or doing what it takes to make their dream come true. And I've been there, you know, and I think a lot of this founder journey has to do with wellness, you know, like if you're not good, how can this business that is an extension of you, how can you expect that business to be good if like you yourself are not good? (laughs) So this is the priority. If you're going to be the founder, we need to make sure that like the founder is equipped with the tools to be successful, you know, both personally and professionally. 
So yeah, we did put on like even this event last year called Mindful Money Moves, where we had not only just a financial wellness speaker come, but a healing practitioner where we did a sound bath and we did like these affirmations and it was like 70 powerful black and brown founders in one room. We got this beautiful mansion in West Hollywood. We got them hors d'oeuvres and then we sat down and we just had this like incredible bonding experience, you know? And I think that's so important just to like tap into our power. We're not taught that. Just a few rapid fire questions now. I'm going to hit you with a few questions. So one, what do you wish you knew before you started all of this a few years ago? I think I'm exactly where I need to be, but I wish I knew how hard it was going to be. I wish I was prepared. Like, Britt, it's going to get really hard in the months of March through July, even if I had like a little time in advance to really process the ish that I was going to go through. That would have been nice. (laughs) There's a global pandemic happening soon. Exactly. (laughs) What piece of advice have you been given that you think might benefit some other entrepreneurs out there listening? I've been given some great advice. I feel like I'm so overwhelmed with like such positive advice. I can't really think, but I think some advice I could give is like, you're exactly where you need to be. Get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. That's something that you can't grow if you're in the same room surrounded by the same people, you know? That's a piece of advice that I've learned. And that was Brittany Chavez from Shop Latin X. And thanks to my co-host today, Charlene Gandhi. And that's it this week. Make sure to tune into our new six-part podcast series that we've just launched in partnership with Instagram. It's called Looking Up. Every week we meet founders across six cities in the UK to find out how they've been adapting during the pandemic. Just search for Looking Up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And as always, hit me up with any questions or comments. I'm at daniel at couriermedia.co. The Curry Weekly is back again next Friday. We'll see you then.